Hi, it's Michael Sinoff with Michael Sinoff's HardToFindSeminars.com. The title of this interview is called The Firefighter's Diet That Could Ignite Your Energy and Save Your Life. Rip Esselstein is a firefighter who has seen the devastating effects of a poor diet at every shift. He's seen heart disease, diabetes, cancer, stroke, and even 600-pound people who need help being lifted out of their own beds. And this was one of the reasons he wrote The Engine 2 Diet, a New York Times best-selling diet book that incorporates the same principles many champion athletes use for energy and stamina and does so without using any weird where do I find these kind of foods. It also doesn't include any meat. According to Rip, Americans are programmed to believe they need fish and dairy in order to survive, when nothing is further from the truth. He says it's important that we wean ourselves off of the bad while training ourselves to discover and enjoy the good. And Rip says, once you see how great you feel after you start eating a better diet, you won't want to go back. And in this audio interview, you'll hear all about it. You'll also hear the myths and truths about protein, vegetables, trans fats, sodium, sugar and more. You'll learn how erectile dysfunction is related to diet and heart disease and how to reverse it. You'll learn the big myth about milk. Could 2% milk really mean 35% fat? And more surprising news. You'll learn the four things you need to concentrate on when reading labels. You'll learn the eight tips that will help you prevent most chronic western diseases. You'll learn the truth about oil, even olive oil, and a few good tasting substitutes to use instead. According to Rip, Eating healthy doesn't mean you can't enjoy your favorite foods like pizza or dessert. It just means you won't have all the guilt or sugar crashes. And in this audio, you'll learn how to do it. Hi, this is Chris Costello, and I've teamed up with Michael Senoff to bring you the world's best wellness-related interviews. So if you know anyone struggling with their weight, with cancer, diabetes, ADHD, autism, heart disease, or other health challenges, please send them to Michael Senoff's HardToFindSeminars.com. Thanks so much for being with us today, Rip. My pleasure. I'm happy to be with you. You have written an amazing new book called The Engine 2 Diet, and you are actually a firefighter. And somehow you've translated that firefighting into a book on health. Can you kind of tell our listeners what motivated you to create this book? Well, as firefighters, our whole goal is to help people and save lives. That's what we do every day, and that's the oath that we took when we graduated from the academy. And this is basically just taking that to a whole nother level. But I'm able to do this without wearing my firefighting boots. I get to do this just by writing a, I shouldn't say just, but I get to do this by writing a book that if you follow the tenets of the book, will make you healthy in ways that you never, ever imagined. And I think it's important maybe to note that this is not a fool's errand, but this diet that I espouse in the Engine 2 book, it's a diet of truth. And everything about it is science-based and what a lot of the great civilizations around the world have subsisted on for the best health possible. And one of the things that really struck us was you have some descriptions in there of being a firefighter and going into homes where you've been called for emergencies and trying to deal with people that are really, really large. And can you kind of describe for our listeners what that's like? Because that was so moving in the book. You know, America is, we're overfed and we're undernourished. And as firefighters, we see this every shift. 
we see the really almost a pandemic of obesity. And occasionally, we're called on a lifting assistance call where we have to help somebody that weighs anywhere between 400 and 600, 700 pounds to get into an ambulance. And it's quite an impressive feat where you have to get eight people, we have to roll the person over onto their side, then we have to kind of scurry a sheet underneath them, we roll them back on their back, and then we all roll up a little portion of the sheet, we make sure the coast is clear. On the count of three as a team, we pick them up and we take them out to the ambulance. And it's incredibly sad, but it's unfortunately it's the reality of where we are right now in America. And I would imagine, is that part of your inspiration for bringing this book out to the public, just to go through that kind of experience where you see people that are in such, such a state of suffering? Oh, yeah. One of the things about being a firefighter is every shift, it's in our faces, the heart disease, the type 2 diabetes, the incredible amounts of obesity, Alzheimer's, the major cancers, stroke, all of these are manifestations of really the same underlying thing, which is people are eating the wrong foods. They're eating foods that are causing these diseases that don't need to be. Really, your book is pretty simple as far as what it's telling people. And can you kind of explain to people what you're talking about? You have two different types of eating plans that you put in there. That's the thing. When you get down to it, it's the simplest way of eating on the planet and very, very black and white. I am just really on a mission, on a crusade to get Americans to eat more whole food, nutrient-rich, plant-based foods like whole grains, fruits, vegetables, and beans, and then some nuts and seeds. And I offer two plans in the book. One is the fire cadet, and the other is the firefighter. And both of those plans get you to the same end point, which is to where you're eating plant perfect by the end of the four weeks. The firefighter, you jump right in at the very beginning, and you're eliminating all animal-based products and all refined foods. Whereas the fire cadet, it's more of a slower, kind of flexitarian approach where we eliminate dairy and then meat and then all extracted oils. You know, we are so programmed in this culture to think that we need meat and we need chicken and we need flesh and dairy to build strong bodies and bones, and nothing could be further from the truth. In actuality, those are the things that are tearing us down and crippling us. And so what I have found at my firehouse and other firehouses throughout Austin, Texas, where I work, is that people start eating this way and they thrive. They find their perfect weight. They find their ideal health. Everything gets better, from their gastrointestinal tract to their blood workup to their skin, weight, migraine headaches, IBS, diverticulitis. It's just absolutely incredible how you can blossom when you eat this way. And it takes just a very short period of time for you to notice the profound results if you are diligent and you do this right. And you've had some amazing stories about fellow firefighters that were having health problems and, you know, really turned their lives around with this. Can you kind of tell our listeners about some of those stories? Absolutely. I'll tell you about two. The first is how actually the name of the diet came about. The Engine 2 diet was born at Station 2 because one of my fellow firefighting brothers, after a routine bet to see who had the lowest cholesterol, his came back at an astounding 344, and he was 33 years old and had a horrendous family history of heart disease. And so he was so floored and blown away by that reading that he was all ears. And the fact that my father, 
of all the fathers to have, you know, on the face of the planet, I had the one that had the most powerful evidence-based research to show that you could not only prevent this disease, but also reverse it. And then this is the diet that I had been thriving off of and fueling myself with for 11 years as a professional triathlete and then as a firefighter. So he knew by looking at me that he wasn't going to shrivel up anytime soon. And so all the guys at the station, we rallied around JR to basically save his life and to keep him from falling into the same destiny that his father's side of the family had fallen into. So anyway, so JR did the diet, and three weeks later, his cholesterol was 196. It had come down almost 150 points. He had lost his great-grandfather, his grandfather, all before the age of 52, and then his father had a triple bypass at the age of 52. And then another captain in the fire department came to me because he was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. He had type 2 diabetes that he'd had for eight years had a fasting glucose into the 200s, was taking insulin, all kinds of oral medications. And within one week of eating the Engine 2 diet, he had to go off his insulin, his fasting glucose came down below 100, and his A1C, which is a marker of how much sugar is hanging on to your red blood cells, in three months came down from 12.5 to 6.5. And his endocrinologist said he'd never seen anything like it. And that's purely through eating plant healthy foods. Amazing. Now, there's a lot of crazy myths out there about food, and you go over those very well in the Engine 2 diet. Can you share some of your favorite myths about food with our listeners? Absolutely. Well, the first one that you're going to get repeatedly when you switch to this kind of a diet is, well, how in the world do you get enough protein? And what people don't realize is that every food out there has protein, and as long as you're consuming enough calories, you're getting ample amounts of protein. And we as human beings, we only need between 5 to 8% of our calories from protein, and most of us are choking down upwards of 20%. We don't store protein. If you consume more than 12% protein, you're just either storing it as fat calories or you're dumping it. For more interviews on health, mind, body, and spirit, go to Michael Senoff's hardtofindseminars.com. So why are all these bodybuilders, you know, they're always pumping up on protein drinks and all that stuff? I think that's just about a big misconception that they need it. They don't. I mean, if that was the case, you know, with the amount of protein that Americans are consuming, we would have everybody walking around like Arnold Schwarzeneggers. If you want to build muscle, you just have to work the muscle, you have to tax it, and then you have to give it time to recover. And as long as you're consuming enough calories, you'll be fine. Just to give people an example, green leafies are the best source of protein on the planet, calorie for calorie, at anywhere between 40 to 51% protein. And, you know, mushrooms are about 35% protein. Your average whole grain, anywhere between 16 and 20. And then your average bean, and there's lots of beans out there, anywhere between 20 to 25% protein. And so you don't have to worry about the protein, not in the least. So many people are confused about this. I know there's people that just have no clue that vegetables actually have protein. It's been so indoctrinated into us that we need meat, we need dairy for protein, and we just need to blow that myth apart. We need to blow it to smithereens. And, then, you know, and there's also this huge myth that proteins are complete, and in reality, they are complete. Some may be a little bit lower in some of the essential amino acids than others, but at the end of the day, your amino acid pool fills everything up to where it needs to be. And then if you have any excess, you dump it in a very, very healthy way. Another myth that I love dispelling 
is that you can't be a competitive athlete and eat this way, and nothing could be further from the truth. Some of the best endurance athletes on the planet eat this way, including Dave Scott, six-time winner of the Hawaii Ironman Triathlon, Scott Jurak, seven-time winner of the 100-mile Western States Endurance Run, Brandon Brazier, one of the best endurance athletes in Canada. Then you have people like Tony Gonzalez, a record-setting tight end football player for the Kansas City Chiefs. Carl Lewis, when he broke the world record in the 100-meter dash and the long jump in 1991, had been eating plant-based for the previous year and a half. The list goes on and on. And then there's also some really wonderful bodybuilders, Andreas Colling, who's all plant-based as well. Another one is that real men don't eat plants. And I just want to let you know and your listeners know that real men eat plants, and it's the boys that aren't really educated on the topic that eat meat. Oh, that sounds like a challenge. Yeah, it is a challenge. It's almost like men feel like they need to eat their meat in order to be manly, and I really have to wonder if they're not trying to compensate for something by doing that. And so my challenge is if you don't want to take the blue pill, meaning, you know, Viagra or Cialis or anything like that, and develop what's called peripheral arterial disease, which blocks blood flow down to your penis, makes you impotent, then start hammering. And I mean hammering down the green leafies, the fruits, the vegetables, the whole grains, and you can actually reverse it, and you will be, as I say in the book, your erections will be like blue steel. Oh, well, that's definitely going to be popular out there. Well, it should be. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really serious problem. I mean, we see these commercials for all these, like you said, Viagra. Well, yeah, they don't need it. It's a billion-dollar industry, and it's also ED, erectile dysfunction, is one of the first signs of heart disease. And of course, the number one killer of Americans is heart disease. 51% of Americans will die from either heart disease or stroke. So the beef and the dairy aren't doing it. So what are some more myths? Well, that your energy will be low when you eat this way. What I have found and other people have found when they eat this way is that in actuality, your energy levels will never be greater and they'll be more constant than ever. Because you're not consuming refined and processed foods, you don't have the huge sugar spikes followed by insulin spikes and sugar lows. All these wonderful plant-based foods are filled with fiber. It's a great time-release capsule. And so these foods and the complex carbohydrates you're consuming will be released at a steady stream over the course of several hours. Like big logs in your fireplace, they'll burn nice and slow, unlike a couple wads of newspapers that'll go up in a flash and then leave you yearning for more fuel. And it's just kind of this reckless cycle. Know that by eating this way, your energy will be very consistent. Now, I do like to let people know that for the first two weeks, they may have to go through some withdrawal symptoms. Just like when you wean yourself off of caffeine or coffee, you get headaches. Sometimes you have to feel worse before you feel better. So be patient the first two weeks. You know, yeah, a lot of people say, God, this is such a sacrifice. And I'm like, you know what? It's not a sacrifice. It is empowering. It's empowering. And you will gain 1,000-fold on the back end by eating this way, and you will not be sacrificing much whatsoever. It's a simple thing, you know, it's not about pills or procedures. It's simply about eating real food, real food for real health, and it's that simple. And the reason I think, in part, that that message has not been pounded home is because nobody makes any money. Nobody makes any money from you eating whole grains, fruits, vegetables, and beans. You know, there's nobody's making money off a pill. Cardiologists aren't making money off their $44,000, you know, angioplasty or their 99000 bypass procedure. 
the pharmaceuticals won't get their $2,000 a month on you taking your daily 10 milligram prescription of Lipitor, but it doesn't need to be that way. The more that people can stay away from packaged and canned goods, the better. However, there is a time and a place for packaged and canned goods, and that's why I have a whole chapter in the book on label reading and what you want to look for. Great. Can you share that with people that are listening today? Be happy to. There's really two rules that I write about in the book that people want to follow. The number one rule is never ever believe the claims on the outside of a package or box. And then the second is always read the nutritional information box and then follow that up by reading the ingredient list. And I'll just give you an example about why you want to never believe the claim on the outside of a package or box. Like milk, for example. So many people out there think that when they're drinking 2% milk or even 1% milk, because it says 2% fat, that that is actually 2% fat. Well, the reality of it is is that they're claiming that it's 2% and they're going off of the weight of the product. And if you go off the weight, yes, it is 2%. But if you go off calories, which is what we do in our food system, 2% milk is actually 35% fat and 1% is actually 29% fat. And whole milk is actually closer to 50% fat. So you really need to read those labels. The other is you have to be careful about claims like zero trans fat. A lot of times if you actually read the fine print, it says per serving, and in there they have hydrogenated soybean oils or something else that's hydrogenated, which is a dead giveaway that that product has trans fat. The other is you want to make sure when you're doing breads and pastas that it's a whole grain product. A lot of these companies, they say multi-grain, cracked wheat, stone ground, 100% wheat, or unbleached. Those are all refined products. So you want to look for the word whole followed by the grain, whether it's wheat, whether it's rye, whether it's semolina. Also, be really careful when you see the words natural or healthy on the cover. And then the other thing is when you're actually looking at a nutritional facts label, I want you to try and focus on four things. The first is the number of servings per container. A lot of times companies get really sneaky, so you have to look at how many servings there are. For example, you wouldn't drink this, hopefully, on the Engine 2 diet, but if you're having a 20-ounce can of Coke, the reality is that has two and a half servings. Each serving has close to 100 calories. That's 250 calories that you're getting in that one 20-ounce bottle, and it's the same thing for soups and stuff like that be careful. And then the second thing is fat content. I want people to start trying to keep their fat content down to 2.5 grams or less per 100 calories. That means that that product has 25 calories from fat or less. And the easiest way to determine that is take that however many grams of fat, multiply that by 10, and then kind of divide that into the total calories per serving. Once you get it down pat, it'll take you three seconds. It's really easy. And then we also want to look for added no-nos like sodium and sugar and fats. You know, you want to keep your sodium down to the number of calories per serving. So if the calories per serving are 150, try and keep that sodium down to 150 milligrams per serving as well. And you won't believe it when you look at some of those cans in your cupboard and you see that they have 500 to 700 milligrams of sodium per serving. So if you eat one can... One little measly can of soup, sometimes you're taking in close to 1,500 milligrams, which is a day's supply. I'll just go into one more for your listeners, and that's sugar. Know that there's four grams of sugar per teaspoon. That'll kind of give you a tangible number to work off of. 
So, for example, a can of Coke has 39 grams of sugar, which is the equivalent of almost 10 teaspoons of sugar. So there are some things that you want to be looking for. For more interviews like this, go to Michael Senoff's hardtofindseminars.com. What about artificial sweeteners? I know some people really drink a lot of the diet sodas and that kind of thing, thinking they're doing a good thing for themselves. Yeah, I think that there's enough research out there that shows that these sweeteners are deleterious to your health. I just don't think it's a good call. If you want to do sweeteners, I would recommend some more natural sweeteners, such as honey, agave nectar, maple syrup, things like that. I'd stay away from the packaged stuff. You also have a great list of disease prevention tips, Rip, in Engine 2. Can you tell us what those tips are? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. I have eight tips that will help you prevent some of the chronic Western disease that is running rampant right now. The number one is eat your green leafy vegetables like broccoli and bok choy, mustard greens, collard greens, kale, spinach, romaine lettuce, you know, Brussels sprouts, cilantro. These are the most nutrient-dense, the most nutrient-rich calories and food on the planet, and they will totally help restore what's called your endothelial cells. And they produce something called nitric oxide, which keeps your blood slippery. It keeps the inside of your vessels smooth like Teflon, and it will help prevent those LDL, the lethal cholesterol, from embedding and forming plaque formations. The next thing, number two, is eat plant-based foods from all the colors of the rainbow. And that way, it will ensure that you're getting all of the wonderful 12,000 different phytochemicals that are out there that exist only in vegetables. You'll be getting all the antioxidants that want to go to work for you to help zap all of the free radicals that help age us and cause disease. The next thing, number three, is man, pound down the fiber. And just by eating these great fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and beans, you'll be getting anywhere between 40 to 80 grams of fiber a day, which is just awesome. Most Americans consume a measly 10 to 15 grams of fiber a day, and this will help scrub out your arteries and it will keep you as regular as a Swiss commuter train, which is a good thing for a lot of people out there that are constipated and have gastrointestinal issues. Fourth thing, get the junk food out of the house. If it's there, you're going to be drawn to it. I don't care who you are, even myself. So don't torture yourself and get rid of it. Number five is always carry food with you. You know, hunger makes cowards out of all of us. So whether it's whole grain crackers, fruits, vegetables that carry well, plan ahead just with a little bag, and it'll help save your health. The other thing is if you smoke, stop if you can. It's not cool, it's not smart, and it's not worth it. Number seven, if you drink a lot of alcohol, try and minimize or eliminate it. It's not healthy, and it just does not enhance your life. And then the last thing, I'm a big, big advocate of exercise. If the only thing that you can do is eat this way, eat a plant-based diet, then, you know, you're going to be living great. But if you want to take it to another level, then I recommend exercise to make your life excellent. So when I get exercise in my day, it makes every day incredibly excellent. If I don't, it's just a great day. So one of the things I'm hoping to get started here shortly is trying to create Engine 2 support groups and communities throughout the country. We're looking for locations right now. We might be teaming up with Whole Foods, so everybody has kind of a nice central meeting point. Great. How about at the firehouses? 
firehouses even better. Yeah, that's a great idea, and I'll have to look into that. I know firehouses are everywhere. I like that, Chris. Yeah. Okay, so... One thing I really loved about Engine 2 Diet was, one, just the straightforward, real way that it was written, you know, obviously coming from yourself, real honest. You know, a lot of these books, sometimes they get, you know, they're very scientific, they're very hard for your regular person to access. So that just was great. And also just how simply things were laid out for people. It's real easy to go to a section of the book and just get a huge amount of information and start using it in your life. One of those sections in Engine 2 was, what are some of the approved foods on the E2 diet? Well, approved foods, to me, you know, knock yourself out with the four new food groups that you're going to be eating this way. And let me backtrack just for a sec, Chris, because, you know, the four major food groups at the fire station are steak, chicken fried steak, cheeseburgers, and bluebell ice cream. If you can deep fry it, it's even better. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go to most firehouses around the country, and, you know, what they're cooking up is going to give you a heart attack quicker than just about anything. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah, the four major food groups when you eat Engine 2 are going to be whole grains, whether it's pasta, whether it's breads, whether it's, you know, your rices, your millets, your quinoas, your wheat berries, your pearl barley. There's a smorgasbord of whole grains out there. People need to understand that. Same thing with fruits and vegetables. You know, most people, they think they're, they're going to be walking through this narrow gate, but in reality, you walk through this gate and it opens up your eyes to a whole cornucopia of foods in the produce section that you never looked at. I know a lot of people, they only used to have bananas, oranges, and that was really it. But there are literally 50 to 100 fruits in just about every produce section same thing with vegetables, whether it's the leafy greens, whether it's the five different types of bell peppers, the, all the wonderful tomatoes, you know, 30 different types of potatoes, whether it's sweet potatoes or russets or golden Yukon. And then with the beans, you know, whether it's a white or a butter bean or a black bean or a pinto bean, beans rule. They rock. And then, of course, we complement the diet with some nuts and seeds for sauces and dips. So those are some of the Engine 2 approved foods. In the book, I have the Engine 2 Easy Weekly Planner. And, you know, I want people to know you can do this and you don't have to cook hardly at all. Breakfast, I know people are busy and they want to get out the door. You know, healthy cereal bowls, whether it's toast and fruit. Monday through Friday, everything only takes two to three minutes to make up. Lunches are usually, it's either a sandwich, so you're not cooking anything, or it's leftovers from the night before, which, you know, you give them time to marinate and then throw them on top of a bed of romaine lettuce or over some brown rice or in between a pita pocket, your lunch is done in one minute. And then the only time you really have to cook are dinners, and most of the dinners take less than 20 minutes to prepare, some even less than that. So you can do this, and you don't have to be intimidated by all the cooking you're going to have to do. It's a cinch. That's great. So you've made it really simple for people. And now we talked a little bit about the approved foods. You also have a list in Engine 2 of what foods are not approved. What we're going to be avoiding is we're going to be avoiding all flesh. So we're going to be avoiding meat, be avoiding fowl, you know, chicken, fish, basically anything that flaps a wing, wiggles a fin, paws a hoof, has muscle. And if it has muscle, it has cholesterol, it has saturated fat in it. And so we're going to be removing those things. The three building blocks of American disease 
that are only found in animal-based products are artery-clogging saturated fat, plaque-promoting dietary cholesterol, and acidic and tumor-promoting animal protein. So we're removing those. The same thing with dairy. Dairy contains all these things, so we're eliminating milks, we're eliminating butters, creams, sour cream, ice cream, cottage cheese, even no-fat varieties of skim milk and of cheeses and yogurts because, once again, your fat-free varieties are still loaded to the gills with animal protein, which not only does it raise your cholesterol levels, it inflames the arteries, it's a tumor and cancer promoter, and it leaches calcium from the bone. There's your list of animal-based products. We also remove eggs. There's only two things wrong with eggs, the yolk and the white. The yolk has over 200 milligrams of cholesterol, and the white, once again, loaded to the gills with animal protein. So we're staying away from the eggs as well. And then we really want to be careful about the processed and refined foods. They're just empty calories. They've had most of their vitamins and minerals and micronutrients stripped of them. And so we're going for whole grains instead of refined and processed grains, like white rice, white pasta, white breads, cakes, cookies, creams, soda pops, chips, stuff like that. And then lastly, can't believe I've forgotten to talk about this, your extracted oils that everybody thinks is a health food, like your olive oils. And in reality, it's the most concentrated source of calories on the planet, close to 120 calories per tablespoon, and there's zero vitamins, zero minerals, you know, zero fiber. All the good has been thrown out with the olives, and you're left with all the bad. So we're staying away from olive oil. That's 15%. 15% of your calories are coming from saturated fat. What do people use instead of oils? Good question. When I stir fry, I use orange juice, or I use carrot juice, or I use veggie broth, or a little bit of beer, or red wine. When you bake, there's some great substitutes. You can use bananas, applesauce. There's a product out there called Energy Egg Replacer. It's kind of like a potato starch. You can do prunes. There's a lot of great substitutes for oils. Now, another great thing in Engine 2 is you've got some wonderful recipes. The recipes look really fantastic. What are some of your favorite recipes, Rip? Well, let me start by saying it's the first recipe in the book under Engine 2 Hearty Cereal Bowls. It's Rip's Big Bowl. This is what I've been having for breakfast for over 20 years now. And the heart of the bowl, believe it or not, it's raw, old-fashioned. If you can, I like to get the extra thick oats mixed with some bite-sized shredded wheat, also usually some grape nuts, some ground flaxseed meal. And then on top of that, I throw some raisins, some walnuts, and then usually one or two pieces of fruit, like a banana or a kiwi or a grapefruit, and then some milk substitute. That's my favorite. Whenever I've done pilot studies, and I've done several over the last two years, people always come away saying their favorite breakfast was Rip's Big Bowl. One of the sandwiches that I really love is the kale lemon and cilantro sandwich. It's a great way to get kale, which is a great leafy green, into your diet. I want people to know, Chris, that we eat foods that are not weird and strange on the Engine diet. There are foods that people are very, very familiar with. We have a burger night, a pizza night, we have a soup night, we have a comfort food night that has stuff like lasagnas and meatloafs and other casseroles. We have stir-fry night. We have Tex-Mex night. I'm looking right now at the New York Times veggie burger that is made with black beans and oats and carrots and cilantro and onions that is just phenomenal. 
on a whole grain bun with all the condiments. We've got a linguine with a creamy Alfredo sauce that will steal the eye right out of your head. We have pizza night. We've got a Bird's Barbecue pizza that's got barbecue sauce and some tomato paste. It's amazing how you don't miss the cheese on these pizzas. And then we load it up with oregano and bell peppers, fresh spinach, pineapple chunks, and then some ground cashews, which are really give it a nice touch on the very, very end. The salads, at the firehouse, we always make big, and pardon the term, big, meaty salads, like Rip's Roasted Salad. We go to town with all kinds of beans, and we roast Brussels sprouts and mandarin oranges and bell peppers and baked onions with one of the Engine 2 great oil-free salad dressings. I'm looking at a soup right now, savory lentils and greens, that is wonderful. In there, we have two heads of Swiss chard. And then I'll just talk about one dessert that's an Engine 2 favorite. And that's the fruit pie with a date nut crust. And the date nut crust is comprised of dates, walnuts, cashews, and almonds that are ground up in a blender with a little bit of vanilla extract. And then we throw in there some sliced bananas, some strawberries that are blended into a puree, and then some normal strawberries, some raspberries, and then we top it off with some mandarin oranges. And then we also have a chocolate icebox pie variety of that one with the same crust, but with Engine 2 chocolate mousse that's thrown in there with some raspberries on top. So I'm telling you, you are going to dig it. It's amazing. You can still have your favorite types of foods, but it just sounds like you just tweak the ingredients a little and you end up getting the benefits of having it really be health building. And, you know, that's really exciting because it's not about having a wheatgrass shake every day. No, no, it's not. And it's not about eating carrots and tofu and a wheatgrass shake. It's real food that's really delicious and with just a familiar twist. That's great. Now, another thing I loved in the book was you mentioned that growing up you hated vegetables and you'd only eat peas and corn. I love that. What did your mother do about that? She got very frustrated with me and like we would always do BLTs, you know, bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches. And I would throw off the tomato and the lettuce on white bread. I would do like six pieces of bacon and I'd like double up on the mayonnaise. My point is that there's hope for everyone. You know, none of us likes the taste of cigarettes or coffee or alcohol, I don't think. You know, it's incredible what you can get used to and adapt to. And eating these foods, it's no big stretch. Your palate will adjust to these healthy, nutritious foods. And to the extent that you also understand how it will be totally enhancing your health, should also help you to give it a try, do the 28 days, and then tell me that your taste buds don't come to life, your palate doesn't change. And you don't want to go back to eating the foods that you thought you couldn't live without and that were taking your health down at the same time. So now how do all these firehouses get a hold of you if they want to take the Great Engine 2 Diet Challenge? Oh, man, I would love it. I would love it if we could get not only all the firehouses, but as many houses in America to pick up the hose line and help us just start spraying fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and beans into everyone's refrigerators across the country. And, you know, not only will everybody's health be winning, but America's health. But if anybody wants to get in touch, go to theengine2diet.com and email me, rip at theengine2diet.com. Great. That's R-I-P at theengine2diet.com. If you want to get a hold of Rip Esselstyn, author of The Engine 2 Diet and putting forth a wonderful challenge to America to get healthy and take the simple steps to regain their health. 
Well, Rip, thank you so much for joining us, and we wish you the best and look forward to talking with you again soon. Chris, thanks so much for having me, and thanks for all you do. You're welcome. I love it. (laughs) I love it, too. That's the end of our interview, and I hope you've enjoyed it. For more great health-related interviews, go to Michael Senoff's hardtofindseminars.com.